Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's a real delight for me to be here. And um, I, I remember back when I was sitting uh, in similar seats to you and a neurosurgeon came um, and spoke to a group of high school students and I was in the audience. And I remember being very impressed because it was the first time I'd actually met a neurosurgeon. And I say, wow, this is very impressive. But I remember after his talk, um, there wasn't a lot that he said that I could use that would really help me sort of move on in, in the things that I wanted to do. And I uh, said that when I come and uh, had an opportunity to speak to you today, I would at least to try to convey at least one or two things that may be useful. So I wrote, I wrote down eight sort of things that I found very useful, uh, things to sort of follow in my life, things that have really made a difference. And uh, the first of these eight observations uh, is, I think, probably the most important. And that is, is that whatever you choose to do, make sure that it's something that you absolutely love to do. Uh, and the reason that this is absolutely so critical is because if you get up every day and you do something that you love to do, you never have to go to work. Uh, every time you get up and you go do something, you're playing. You're doing something that you absolutely love to do. And as you heard from the Operation Smile, when they go and do these operations, they're not working. Uh, they're doing something that they love and enjoy and that uh, is play for them. And when I get up and do a long operation, it's not work for me. It's something that I, can, I, I love and, and uh, I don't think I've ever worked since I finished residency. Um, the, second, uh, the second most important thing uh, that I think I can tell you in whatever Phil, you choose to do is to find a mentor. Uh, find someone who's done what it is that you want to do uh, and see if they will actually sort of take you under their wings. And not just to sort of show you the technical aspect of, of what the profession is like, but to really show you the, the pitfalls, to really sit down and say, well, here, here are some problems that you may encounter and to give you some advice into ways and strategies in which you can sort of overcome some of those problems. Uh, when I went to the University of Michigan in medical school, for me, uh, one of the most important mentors I had was a cardiologist by the name of O.T. Randall. And I worked in the research lab, in his research lab, and at 9 or 10 o'clock at night when the research was done, uh, O.T. and I would sit down and listen to jazz John Coltrane, and he would tell me the problems that he encountered in academic medicine. And amazingly enough, uh, 10, 15 years later, the strategies that he would talk about then are strategies that I found very helpful now in, in overcoming problem situations that I encounter. The other thing that I found very, very important uh, is to be persistent, uh, to never give up in something that you really want to do. Um, when I was... Um, when I was in the ninth grade, my father went to the University of Pennsylvania, and I knew that I wanted to go into science and medicine, so what I did is to hang around research labs uh, at the University of Pennsylvania Medical School. Uh, and most of the time, when the researchers would see this little young junior high student walking around the research labs, they would close the door and say, what are you doing here? But every once in a while, someone would open a door and let me into the lab and would actually sort of explain the science that they were doing. And it was absolutely incredible. Uh, and when I went back to Cleveland, uh, I, um, I wrote up a, um, 
a research project to try to cure leukemia. Uh, and um, uh, being naive at the time, I presented this proposal to several of the scientists and researchers at Case Western Reserve University. Most of them laughed, uh, but they enjoyed my enthusiasm. And after knocking on a bunch of doors, finally one of the scientists let me in his research lab uh, in the 11th grade. Uh, it was a surgical research lab of a cardiologist that had developed his own artificial heart valve. And as a result of that persistence, knocking on a lot of research doors, I had an opportunity as a student in the 11th grade uh, to actually do uh, heart transplants, heart valve replacements on dogs, kidney transplants, and got a chance to, to actually spend most of my 12th grade year working in the research lab doing a science project uh, on uh, blood cell transformation uh, that resulted um, from an artificial heart valve. And the only reason I got to do that is because I was, I was very persistent and tenacious and didn't mind a lot of doors being, being closed uh, to get that one door open. Um, the fourth thing that I wrote down is really what I call the art of Tai Chi. Uh, most of us know the martial art of karate, and karate is a martial art where you take a force and you oppose a force with the force. But Tai Chi is a martial art where you uh, can take a force and you take the negative energy and you turn it back on to itself in something that is very positive. Uh, and it's probably one of the most effective martial arts. And we're all going to encounter adversity and, and difficulties as we move forward in life. And I, I found the strategy of Tai Chi to be extremely helpful to me. And, and one example that I remember uh, when I was in medical school, what you do is that for the first two years, it's very much like college. You take an objective test and, and you get your grade. But in your last two years, you go on to the, to the clinical rotations, and it's all subjective. Your evaluation is based on the impression of your resident, your chief resident, your attending. And my first week on the rounds, um, at this point, I had decided I wanted to go into neurosurgery. I had spoken with Ben Carson. And he had inspired me to, to sort of move into neurosurgery. And I knew I had to get very good, uh, very good grades uh, on this rotation if I wanted to get a residency in neurosurgery. <clears throat> and I was rounding with this chief resident. Uh, and most of you who probably haven't had a chance to meet many chief residents in medicine don't realize that these are probably some of the most arrogant people in the world. They think they know absolutely everything there is to know. Uh, and this chief resident. Uh, was examining a patient with a disease called subacute bacterial endocarditis, which is a disease where bacteria gets on the heart valves. And I asked him when he was looking in the patient's eyes if he saw any rot spots. And the chief resident sort of turned around and looked at me as if to say, well, how do you know what rot spots are? And I said, well, you know, what are rot spots? And I said, well, there are flame-shaped hemorrhages in the retina that are due to the emboli from the bacteria uh, that come from the blood. And he turned and he said, no, they're not flame-shaped, they're round. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have a real problem here. <laughs> but instead of being discouraged, I sort of took that negative energy and turned it around. And we had a thing called chief rounds, where the chief of medicine uh, came and um, you had to present to him. And just um, uh, it was sort of like a sacrifice. And I had read everything there was to know about my patient. Uh, during that time. And when this resident sort of tore into me, 
uh, I had a retort for everything that he said. He would say, oh, this isn't important. I'd say, yes, it is, and here's an article to show that it is, and that isn't important. Yes, it is. Here's another article to show that it is. And by the time we were done with that exchange, uh, not only had I gained the respect of that chief resident, but I also got honors in the rotation, so it was, it was really great. Um, the other thing, I think, is, is really uh, something that we don't talk a lot about, and that is friends. Uh, friends are very critical, but uh, the nature of groups is for the groups to sort of maintain everyone at the same level. And uh, one of the most important things, I think, is to choose groups that lift you up, not pull you down. Um, and uh, I think that this is something that is just absolutely very critical. Uh, to maintain balance uh, in life, I, you know, it's not just all work. I mean, you, you know, one of the things that I've always tried to do is to experience as many things in life as I could. Uh, and uh, I've always uh, uh, enjoyed, for example, mountain climbing. I climb Mount Kilimanjaro, which is the highest mountain in Africa. And you get to the top right before sunrise, and you're looking at the sunrise come up from about uh, 10,000 feet above the cloud layer. And these things, I think, have given me uh, a richness to my life and a balance in dealing with my patients and, and their families and, and, and what I do in my, in my practice. And also, uh, just in ending, I think family is extremely important and making sure, uh, as a theme that you will hear over and over, is to give back to, to, um, to society and to our community is also very critical. Uh, I think this is absolutely a, a, an incredible time. You have so many opportunities. Uh, and um, uh, if, um, if your life is, um, is, is, uh, is uh, anything like that your potential can be, and, and uh, if you, I think, can follow some of these principles, uh, you, will, um, you will really, I think, have uh, an opportunity that is truly unparalleled. So thank you very much. It's, it's a truly delight to be here. <laughs>